always think about because I think there's in some ways there's no more narcissistic thing than writing. Okay. <laughs> you know, seriously, sometimes when you're sitting down to write, you're like, really? Like, I'm, there are people out like doing good things in the world and like, you know, doctors who are like helping children being born and are being, you know, healed and I'm sitting here just thinking my thoughts. You know, it's a very, it's a very narcissistic process and I think that's why you have to have a sense of humor about it or keep it um, I don't keep yourself in check sometimes because otherwise there is this you feel what am I doing is that what um, I'm going to Valencia or with 826 Valencia yeah, I think both with the non-profit with the writing center and with the believer with the magazine that I started with some friends and continued to co-edit um, the whole point of that was to kind of take myself out of the that fear of narcissism or like you know or, you know solipsism what is solipsism mm. the, the the fear that, you know, you're being a certain way, your way of seeing the world is the only way. Um, I, I, I think that writing also can be very lonely. You're just sitting there thinking your own thoughts and writing them down. And, um, and I also missed having conversations about the, th- you know, the things I loved. Obviously I became, went into writing because I loved reading. And I don't think there's any writer who starts writing just because they want to write, you know, something obviously inspired them or something made them want to, to write like you know Keats when you even if you're writing a thesis about somebody yeah. it's you're you're inspired because of his poetry yeah. right so then you want to write about it um and then I think that I just became just felt a little lonely a little narcissistic just doing that all the time and so with the believer it was an opportunity to have conversations about books that I loved with my with friends of mine from grad school but also to open up that conversation to other people so that, you know with the writers who write for the believer i feel like i'm having a conversation with them okay. when i'm editing their pieces i feel like i'm having a conversation with the readers even though i'm not always in conversation with them but say i'll meet someone who read a piece in the believer and they by somebody else and they'll talk about it and i'll feel like I, oh wow we have this in common we're we're, we're not alone you know we i think you know we we read to know we're not alone, and I think we also, you know, we write to know we're not alone. And I think when you start a magazine, it's even a better way to not know you're alone, unless when, except when your subscriptions go drastically down, okay. then you feel like you're alone again. But then, so then you have to write a novel. Um, but um, but I feel, and the same thing with H.E. Six Valencia. I really love working with high school students because you feel like you're actually helping them in some way and you're using your whatever whatever skills you might have developed along the way as a writer you're using them to help other kids especially because I help them with their right now when I go back to the states I'm helping students with their um, with their college admissions essays which you have to do I don't know do you have to write essays here in the UK to go to uh, college I don't, know university? They, I don't know what they do now there was a version of that there was some personal it. statements okay. and Person, um, yeah yeah, I don't, I don't think it's quite as formal as, as it is in the state. In the states, yeah. writing your personal statement is actually a big part of the college oh. application process and can actually make or break your acceptance into a college. And so a lot of the students don't even know what to write about or what's interesting to colleges, or they write about you know, their grandmother who died. And I always say, you know, your grandmother isn't applying to college. She sounds like she was a lovely lady, but <laughs> A, she's dead. B, she's not applying to college, so you, yeah. you know, write about something else or your your why she inspired you um so I, I love um i love doing that because i just feel it it makes me feel um less alone and less like what i'm doing is a narcissistic act it's all atonement for my profession i guess is it also but is it a way i'm just saying you know how, how does one defend the humanities and, and writing there are various ways, you know, ways that reading but maybe useful or not useful maybe that's not its point but as a writer is that a a way that you can can give back that 
in a, in a, yeah. in a practical way. Yeah, I think that is a practical way that I can give back, just in whatever in whatever sense, just helping other people. Um, and I think that's also why I think I, I like working with younger people too, because I think um, I like helping them with their writing skills. I don't want to think that everyone in the world has to be a writer, mm. but necessarily should be a writer. <laughs> you know, if my own kids wanted to be a writer, I might say, gosh, there's so many other jobs out there. Mm. You know, there's jobs that are not, I'm not going to say writing. I mean, obviously all jobs are hard, but you know, I, I just think my twenties were really hard when I was trying to write a book and pay for grads, graduate school loans and wait, you know, working a job and waitressing and writing a book and like, you know, five o'clock in the morning, and not really writing, just pretending to write five o'clock in the morning to justify the rest of my existence. I think that's not a fun way to, you know, I'd be mm. very sad if I saw my kids doing that in their twenties. So it's not that I want everyone to be a writer, but I think obviously everyone can agree that having writing skills and expressing yourself can, can help you, can only help you in life. Do you have a choice? Did you have a choice when you were, you were saying about being a novelist that you, you stayed up till five and working lots of jobs and not earning probably much money at the beginning mm-hmm. um, was that because you were com- compelled to do it is, is it sort of a career that's sort of a, a desire that chooses you a little bit I think it's a desire that chooses you yes mm-hmm. you're right so I have no power and they probably they'll listen to this and now they, they will become a writer just to just annoy just, just annoy no I know I, th- I think that I I knew that I wanted to at least try it as hard as I could and could try you know try to make it as much as I as I could, because mm. um, I went to grad school for writing, and I thought, okay, now I have. But it's not like going to graduate school for becoming a lawyer or a doctor, where you you're presumably after a couple of years you can start paying back your loans. You still have a couple of years, and you're like, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, clearly, I'm a writer because I'm really bad at money. But this is ridiculous. <laughs> Do you have to be? I mean, it sounds like you're I'm both your annuals, entrepreneurial in that in in that way because you have to. Partly because I'm always fascinated to ask writers how they earn, mm-hmm. earn a living, but and I think it's an important question that um, and these are life questions as right. much as writing questions. Well, I think in the U.S., um, for example, a lot of writers I know um, teach at universities or do screenwriting work okay. for insurance purposes because, as you know, the health insurance situation in America is not one that is you know, democratic mm-hmm. and open to everyone. So you you either have to pay a lot for insurance. Or if you have a job at a university, you get health insurance for you and your family. Or if you write screenplays, you get health insurance through the Writers Guild. Mm. So a lot of people do that. So that's something that's really interesting. I don't think you have that that pressure in other countries yeah, to sure. actually get the insurance. Actually, Karen Joy Fowler was saying, was arguing that maybe if Obamacare, and this is a few years ago, I don't know quite how far through it got, but mm-hmm. would that be good for the arts? Because you might be able to get some coverage that would enable to you when you're starting your creative Right. Career, but whether it had an effect, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It would have an effect because you don't have to choose a profession or a job beca- based on that solely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how, do you, how do you fit it all? I mean, is it partly you're not watching television and, and watching sport <laughs> on the internet? <laughs> uh, how, how do you manage to get it all done? I think that, you know, not. Um, Joke, I know we're joking about it, but I do think not having internet at home helps a lot. No, in terms I'm... Of, you know, I just don't... And I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on any of those things. I just don't... Um, I don't... I don't do that. I think that... Um, yeah, I don't... I don't know. 
only need six and a half hours sleep a night. I don't guess that's part of it. I don't know. <laughs> the believer, we know that also the thing with the believer now too, it's been around long enough and we have a really great managing editor okay. that I don't have to be in the office as much as I used to be. Um, especially now that I can go to my library and do my email. I do my email from the library or from the parking lot behind the rug store down the street. Cause so I can sit there in the car and, and do my, my, <laughs> my editing I emailed at home I mean, I mean I edit at home but then I okay. email somewhere else I don't want anyone to think that I'm like sitting in a, in a car stealing editing stealing oh I am stealing oh, you are? I, I am I am doing that that's fine if everyone knows that but I'm saying I don't, want, I don't want any of my writers to think that I'm editing <laughs> they're working while, <laughs> while sitting <laughs> you finished this novel what, what's um, what, what next I'm working on a, a non-fiction book, which I haven't done for a long time, mm. about um, it's set in Sweden, about my mother's family. It's based on a piece I wrote for the New York Times magazine about four or five years ago. What about your mother's family? What about my mother's family? Yeah. <laughs> what about it? Um, she, she, so she's Swedish. Was your dad? My um, dad's Hungarian. Hungarian. Yeah. Okay. Um, my mother grew up on a farm in Sweden with, um, with their five kids total, and their mother died at a young age and their father raised them um, without a lot of money on this farm and he never remarried in part because the kids would never let him remarry. It was one of those sound of music situations where when he was dating somebody they would scare him off because they didn't want to replace their mother and it's kind of it's based on it's based on that. Why why is there a beyond it being an interesting story is there something that you're again is there a question you want answering about your family? You know in some ways I think also I've always been interested in in motherhood, I think in all my everything I've written so far, motherhood is somehow in there. Um, there's always a mother figure, and I guess I'm also with my mother in particular. I'm interested in how you become a mother when you haven't had one. You know, how how do you learn to be a mother when you yourself didn't have what a mother? Your, I'm sorry, what was your so, family, family background? Oh, my mother's fam- My mother didn't have a mother. She was okay. raised with that one. So how does she oh, become? Like, how you, does she become? A, I had a mother. Okay. Yeah, I have a mother still. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you become a mother without having had a mother? You know, and how to, how to, that's kind of the, the central question in my mind. Not the central question of the book, but I guess mm. you ask why am I interested in that? Yeah. And um, yeah. Is it a bit of a? I mean, in terms of what we were talking about earlier, the idea of performance as a sort of trying out an identity that you perhaps perfect is not the wrong way, but 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 sort of um, at least become comfortable with and this book's very obviously about that for the because of the the, um, the background to it but um, is that is that partly it? I mean, for you as a mother yourself that, that you just make it up as you go along and then one day that becomes the sort of the mother that you that you are I think so yeah I think you know, especially you know you have a young child so you know in the beginning there's all these all these different approaches to parenthood and all these from books telling you con- you know contradictory things about mm. how to raise your child and all these and all this guilt, well, especially in America, especially for women, I think that all this guilt about how you should, what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, if you should be working, if you shouldn't be working, if you should be going on trips when you have children. You know, there's all this sort mm-hmm. of guilt that accompanies it. And um, I was reading something interesting recently about how I think, what, what was it, basically we used to idolize our ancestors and now we idolize our children. I mean, there's a critique of our culture, just how <coughs> everything is about the kids. And mm-hmm. I would like to go back to not that I don't idolize my kids, but I'd like to go back to a point where we idolize our ancestors more and our kids learn from that and experience that and live with that. 
Is that, so that, is that part of the process of that book, that you're looking back a little bit? Uh, um, not directly. Sort of, not directly. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the book allows for humour as well. Okay. I want there to be some humour. Not well, Amy Schumer type humour. Okay. I don't think that would work, but some humour.